Welcome to a special podcast for In The Money players, uh, focusing on the New York Showcase Day stakes on Monday afternoon, Memorial Day at Belmont Park. We'd like to thank our friends at the New York Thoroughbred Breeders and the one and only executive director of the New York Thoroughbred Breeders, Naja Thompson, for making this possible. Nick Tamaro here, of course, joined by Andy Serling to go over these stakes races. If it's New York and it's stakes racing, it's got to be you, my man. Don't you think you should have put a tie on, you know, just so I wouldn't be the only one? I'm going to wear this at Sam Houston tonight too. It's a casual, it's casual Saturday. You know, you got to, you got to dress up for the quarters. It's something special for closing night at quarters. Yeah, I'm going to have a party. I'm I'm going to take tips on what I can do with my extra free time. I'm sure you'll find another job. Yeah, I'll probably will. Um, So anyway, this is a fun day of racing year in and year out. Last year, of course, we had some weather that affected it, but it'll be nice to be back on the turf for these stakes races. The weather, of course, looks good. I know everybody out there is completely obsessed with the weather, so we can tell you even 48 hours before post time when we're taping this, the weather is supposed to be clear, and uh, things are going to get started as usual at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern. We're going to cover the stakes races here, which begins with the stakes part of, of the card, begins with the Mount Vernon in race number two. And, you know, Andy, I thought this field is compact, but it's actually pretty competitive, and I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, I I just want to sort of play against, and I'm going to be looking over my shoulder because I did make a bet in the third race of Belmont. Um, <clears throat> I'm just so sick of the classic ladies with all due respect and Giacosas of the world. And I just want new faces. And to me, this is like the test. Can runaway, room, runaway rumors still run? If she right. can still run, she's going to win this race. And I think you're just supposed to bet her. She's not going to be a favorite, I don't think. I don't know, maybe three to one, somewhere in that range. And if she can still run, and she was in a ridiculous spot last time, got bad position in there, the Tampa race, a mile and eighth up a layoff, a mile around one turn. She's more of a seven furlong to a mile one turn type. I like her, and I even wonder a little bit. <clears throat> I know she's the one beat nobody last time, but I kind of wonder if she could be a new face in the scene that could maybe uh, improve a little bit and be a contender. Yeah, I agree. Um, in fact, I, I actually wonder, I was going to ask you, because of course we're taping this before David Aragona's morning line has come out, and I wondered who he's going to make the favorite. I thought he would make Runaway Rumor the favorite. He so might. I can look. He, he might. I mean, her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they might be up as of right now. Her race they in are. the... In Go the ahead. Can you see me? Or did I, no, block? I, I do, yeah. Her race she's in the, the 9 to 5. Yeah, she's 9 to 5. And okay. the outside is 5 to 2. So yes, you're correct. Yeah, I, I thought her race in the Hillsborough when it happened was a lot worse than it actually was. And and, and I think that I, knowing that that turf course had some moisture and the fact mm. that the pace was pretty strong, all things considered, I think it probably kind of, it dragged her into the race a little bit earlier than she wants to be. She's most effective just being a complete, you know, laid back one run closer. And then she ran an even race in the bogey, I guess, nothing Nothing that I, I think you could. Well, really, she's trying really to close with 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 what's her name, Lamista in the stretch. Sure. Yeah, I know Lamista is not a Grade One horse, but she's probably better than these horses. Yeah, it seems to be for sure. Um, it, it looked to me like Giacosa, if she's going to be competitive in stakes races, and and I'm really not sure how much she will be in the New York bred ranks. It would probably be more so at Saratoga if she can take a step forward, second off the layoff. Classic. Well, she can win. She's not. She yeah, she can win. But um, I, I agree. I thought Runaway Rumor was. Uh, was definitely the horse to beat. 
any consideration given, and, and I know I didn't, but I mean, I thought Silky Blue actually had a shot to wire the Ticonderoga last fall. I just don't see her getting this distance. I agree. And I, I picked her that day and she had everything her own way. I mean, she, we got exactly what we were hoping to get. A mile and a 16th on the inner is a much more, um, is much easier race to wire than a mile on the widener. She is the controlling speed if you want her. I don't think she can get a mile on a flatbed against these horses. Yeah, I think this is one of those races where there are a lot of times where you can take the lone speed angle and really beat it to death and make too much of it. And I think this is one where she's just, yes, she's the lone speed, but it probably doesn't matter terribly much because when push comes to shove, she's really not good enough to win the race. So, see, I have this angled better because the Belmont race is running on my TV above the computer. So I can actually... Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it looks... No, it's fine. Um, this I is got the, what I deserve with the horse that I picked in the third race, so... Who did you pick in the third race? The four. Oh, okay. She's not going to win. Unless it was a miracle in the last 16th of a mile. Well, we only know... At this point, they're at the 3 eighths pole, and I know that a light will find a way to lose. Mm, they're a lot closer. They're a lot, a lot farther along... In mind, it's a it's a stagger fest. The wire between the two looks like the eight is going to win. That Lord Brownie, wow, Lord Brownie. But they had a bit more in the race. It was only it's our turn move to get the job done. One was dead last. Anyway, yeah. So back. that's the Mount Vernon, the first of five stakes races. We will move along to race number six, which is the M the critical eye. I was actually going to say the Empire Distaff because I was looking at the Empire Distaff earlier to see how many horses were in there and uh, and how many of them are back in here. This is a race where I was actually, I thought it was, I don't know if I would use the word remarkable, but it was pretty notable how many horses in this race have been competitive in open company races. It says a lot about the New York bred program as well, that uh, it's really come a long way in terms of, of how strong the division is top to bottom. There are a couple of those in here. Where did you land in this critical eye? Honestly, I would be surprised if the winner isn't Make Mischief or Bank Sting. Um, I know Make Mischief took advantage of a good rail when she won two back. But I kind of took her over bank sting. Uh, I, I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. Maybe she'll be a little bit of a better price. Bank sting is fine. Um, I don't have a knock on either one. I just don't know who else is going to win. I don't like Maiden Beauty. She's not supposed to get the lead from Mashney Girl. And Maiden Beauty was extremely opportunistic. I thought Love and Love, if you wanted a price, had a little bit of a shot. But I make, make mischief in bank sting. I didn't have anything clever to say in here. Yeah, I agree. I thought Make Mischief got a slight nod over Banksting. I think her effort uh, three starts back in the Empire Distaff was actually pretty solid, all things Very considered. Good. And I think that's the comparable performance. She, of course, was a runner-up in the Fleet Indian in a very good effort last year on Travers Eve at Saratoga when she probably was uh, maybe a little bit against the track profile. I don't think it was a big rail that day, but it was a day where she, of course, broke through the gate a little bit before the start. And the mile and eight maybe kind of a stretch for her, too. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I always felt like the mile was really her uh, her best game. And, and in fact, it yielded her best performance um, aside from that gold rail enhanced effort two starts back when she was third in the Acorn last year on the Belmont Stakes undercard. Race seven is the Bowery. And of course, the most important question in here is because we have November rain competing. Are you Guns N' Roses fan? Uh, I'm not not a fan. I saw them in concert at the Garden in 91. But it was the last official tour, um, Soundgarden warmed up. Wow. It was a good so old days when you could you could scalp tickets to Garden for nothing. We bought eighth row center seats out front for like $15 each. Man. I think JFK Jr. was sitting in front of us. Seriously. Yeah, Those were the days. They came on, yeah. really, it was a Monday night. They came on crazy late. It was fun. 
I'm sure it was. I think uh, that was it. I think that was the Lose Your Illusion tour or something. It was the end. Yeah. Best uh, Guns N' Roses song, in my opinion, November Rain. Um, and she is a horse who I think last year. Child of Mine? Uh, I like Sweet Child of Mine as well. But, of course, there's a there's a big racing angle in the November Rain video itself. Yeah, people, people playing in it. I knew it was not something that would get by you. Little I just love. like when this horse won, won its maiden race, Can't Hurry Love was in there. It was, uh, yeah, all that's, that's a great. She said all horses named after songs. I'll tell you the other funny thing, and, and not that I'm saying anything disparaging about your colleagues, but Maggie Wolfendale was the only person that on made show. a Guns N' Roses reference on the show. I was on the air. I wasn't on the air, and somebody said to me that Maggie was the only one who knew. It, it was It was pretty... It, it was may pretty have been me. an embarrassing <laughs> moment for the, the <laughs> Nair team. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, this ends up, of course, we're going to scratch Liberty Flame out of here. Not that she would have had much of an impact because she's going to run today uh, later on in the card. The I guess the real question here is, are we expecting a bounce back from Yo Cuz? I know you and I have not really been particularly huge Yo Cuz fans. I had forgotten the video situation in this horse's last race to, until I tried to watch the replay. Do you remember what happened? It's the only time I've ever seen this happen. The, the cameraman lost control of the camera when they broke from the gate. Yeah. So the only way you can see the stumble is the head on. And she did stumble after the start, clearly cost her position. My problem with Yo Cuz is that she's a phony going into the race. And while, yeah, she lost all chance to start last time, she's completely dressed up by unusual circumstance in her prior races. And unless November Rain falls down coming out of the gate, November Rain is a faster horse, I think, than, than she is by a lot. So I expect November Rain to be in front. I think November Rain's the horse to beat. It's a tricky race because I don't trust Yoka's, though she can win. Sterling Silver's a horse that only ran well um, on a gold rail. And the only other horse to race is Captain's Daughter, who I think is a little bit interesting in this race, you know, legitimately had an excuse when third behind Yo Cuz. So to me, I'm sort of the one in five. And there's a part of me that I haven't made a final decision. I'm thinking of picking Captain's Daughter just because she's going to be a better price, even though I think November Rain's probably going to win. I don't love Captain's Daughter, but I'm not so sure that she doesn't fit in here. Yeah, I'm not either. And and I think actually there's there are things to like that you alluded to. And she probably stands to benefit from a race flow perspective more than anybody because she'll I think I think the pace in here has to be it's not going to be hot. It's never hot. But the one yeah, and two have to go. Well, and, and how how far can Kendrick let them get away on adversity? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I know the speed that she showed to back in the Jimma was obviously very, very significant. So if she keeps them company, then that's going to quicken this thing enough to set up a late running type like Captain's Daughter. I also think there's a, as you said, landing on the one and five, there's a world in which November rain kind of drops into the pocket and sits just off of them and ends up getting the right kind of trip from there. So um, I guess it, what it boils down to, and you touched on Sterling Silver, is how you feel about her ability to, to run well moving back into New York bread company. And her first two starts were both pretty, pretty dressed up by circumstance. Yeah, I mean, she's okay, but <clears throat> I, I don't think she's that good. She might win. I mean, I'm not in love with anybody here, but I'm not I'm not picking Yoko's. Yeah, that Franklin Square was not one of the stronger New York bred races that we saw in 2021. The other seven furlong three-year-old race is the eighth, the Mike Lee, for the first, first leg of the Big Apple Triple, which, you know, hey, there might not be... Might not be a crown that had a horse contest all three, but somebody could definitely run in all three legs of the immortal Big Apple Triple. You have horses coming together that have seen each other a few times pretty regularly in the past. I don't know about you, but it felt like pretty much any way you drew this up, 
woohoo, that's me figures to get a really nice trip on the outside. Yeah, I actually thought this was probably one of the most competitive races on the whole card. Because at least you do have some potentially okay horses. I mean, Agility and Rockney have some some talent, and Ben Alley could be okay. <clears throat> Best idea might be able to put it together. I don't trust him. Hot Red Rumble's improved. Woo, that's me is, is way the horse to beat. I'm going to pick him on top. I'm, I'm not. I thought he ran very well last time. You know, yeah. you look at the race. Uh, he, he dropped back to last after the start. He made that big wide run. I mean, he saved Brown and angled out gradually on the turn, but really bobbled a little at the start. I, I just thought he ran very well, and Hot Rod Rumble has improved, but he kind of had the run of the race sitting outside. Now, he might be improved, but he's got to get seven. And I just think, woohoo, it's not like woohoo, that's me, doesn't have good form to go back on last year. I think the horse that's the most worrisome to that horse is, is Tin Pan Alley. I mean, it's sort of interesting that Chad Brown had two horses off of Maiden Rings that he could have run in here. He's running, is it aggregation? Aggregation, um, earlier. He's the horse in the second, third race, right? Yeah. Um, aggregation, he's running that one and that one is a one. And he's running this one in this race. And I'm not clear that the other one doesn't look a little better. Right. Um, so it seems like he must be pretty bullish on this horse to be running him in here. Yeah, would stand to reason. Um, I, I'm guessing maybe the thought is that aggregation could end up scooping them up later on. I guess it may, aggregation probably looks like he might get a little bit better with distance, um, whereas Tin Pan Alley might top out at seven to eight furlongs. Who knows? But uh, one thing we do know is that when these decisions are made by a guy like Chad, they're usually right. And and right. this horse's this horse's win in November was very good. It um, Eminency, of course, who is still trying to break his maiden and is going to do is going to try today on the turf. He's not going to he's not going to win. But um, he, he was went a solid. He was a good horse this first couple starts. He went bad, right? Yeah, he was actually a much better horse then than he is now. So uh, I wouldn't try and discredit uh, Tin Pan Alley's effort at all. And Rotney, um, who of course won the debut effort for Tin Pan Alley, that came during a what like an eight for twelve run from Mike Maker around that weekend last year. That and that run I think ended with Whitney Day or the yeah, day it started when my talking horses partner declared him dead. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Not that we haven't not that we haven't woken up our sheriff people as well, right? Oh, I have a re remarkable talent when it comes. to You're that. incredible. Who'd you, yeah, you woke somebody I'm, up recently? Was it Donk? No, you woke somebody up. I wouldn't say anything bad about Donk. I like. I wouldn't say anything bad about Donk publicly for sure. I like. Well, we weren't saying about Mike. It's you and I. Uh, yeah, it could have been. It was. I don't know. There's there, <laughs> the list is longer than you it woke needs. somebody up with me recently. That was incredible. I think the guy won two races the next day. Oh, I I know who it was. I, well, I don't know if I was talking to you about it, but I I definitely made a comment about Ian Wilkes and then his two horses. Ran yeah, you woke him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah you I, woke him up. I got yeah. him so, so if Ian's out there listening or anybody in the Wilkes family, you can send me a gratuity of Ian's some fine. sort for, for doing so. Yeah, no, he's a fine. He can take it. He will be fine long term as well. His his career has been very very strong. The stakes action on this um, New York Showcase Day culminates with the Kingston at a mile and a sixteenth on the inner turf. And uh, this is an interesting bunch as well, in my opinion, talking about horses that have been competitive against open company. You have last year's dinner party winner and some like it hot Brown, who of course won the Mohawk to cap his 2021 back off the layoff and cross border to the other Mike maker entrant who has uh, plenty of credentials to win a race like this. Those two battle with horses that really have hinted at having the ability to, to take both of them down uh, like city man who, trying to rebound off a poor effort in the Port Marcy on a bog and Sanctuary City, who's run a number of good races. I thought this was an interesting race. Yeah, the problem is the best horse in the race is completely loose. Yeah. And 
I understand it's really moto to be picking some like it hot brown, but it's just sort of ridiculous. Who's going to run with him? I mean, Christoph never wants to be aggressive with City Man. Um, and he's not really as fast. I don't really trust him, but I don't see a position to take against him. I respect Sanctuary City. I'm going to have him at least second. I'm going to pick one of the two of them on top. And City Man can win. And I think Joel will get the prerequisite good position behind him. But what is the argument against some like it hot brown? I suppose if there was anything, it'd be the layoff. But I don't know why that's supposed to be a huge concern. This is a horse who's run well fresh. And I mean, you can't take anything from his 2021 debut. They got involved in a in a suicidal pace in the making. All right. What's that? He ran all right that day. I was going to say he ran very well when you consider the pace of the race. But yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing is, is as you alluded to, there's not a horse in here that you could see. Um, I don't want to use the word sacrificing themselves, but getting involved that has shown even a modicum of speed outside of City Man. And as you said, it seems as if Christoph has been quite reticent to, to have City Man's positional speed used even though he's run quite well in those scenarios on a number of occasions and i actually thought he had a big chance in the fort marcy because he would be forwardly placed and and he was kind of dragged off the pace that day and i agree ultimately those horses are too good for him on that condition well, it's also a bog i mean you can't yeah. you can't fall in his last race it was a total bog the horse that i think is a little interesting in here i don't think he's good enough to win but i think ocala dream potentially could take a step forward and be a contender against these horses um, at some point this year, uh, he's a little bit of a stretch right now, but I actually thought he ran pretty well last time behind flop shot. Yeah, I agree. That's obviously a, a much tougher field top to bottom right. flop shot. Although I shouldn't, I shouldn't really discount. I wouldn't say that I'd say, but flop yeah. a good horse. Flop he's a good the horse. best race he's ever run for a trainer. His horses always need to start off layoffs. Yeah. So I don't think it's inconceivable that Ocala dream improves. And as a huge bomb, he'd be at least a C somewhere. I just, how is he going to leapfrog all of City Man, Sanctuary City, and some like it, Ot Brown, much less cross-border? Yeah, it seems unlikely. And cross-border does have the advantage of having had a prior start in uh, 2022. He's actually had a couple, including the one and only Grade 1 Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational. And uh, he's a horse that obviously is good enough, but at a mile and a 16th on the inner with the likes of some like it, Hot Brown, possessing such a pace advantage, it seems far-fetched. It's just hard for me to pick against some like a hot brown here, and I want to. But what is the strong case against him? Yeah, I don't layoff, but I don't see one. This is a, this is a horse who's been Maker has been very conservative in terms of running. And well, he's not conservative; he's been aggressive with him, but he's been conservative in terms of the number of times he's tried New York breads. And obviously, he's just very good when he's facing New York breads. He's a, a bit bit better horse, so. I, I I agree. I think he'll be very, very tough. If this was on the widener, I'd probably give Sanctuary City a That's little bit more chance. Yeah. I wish it was on the widener. Sanctuary City have a much better chance. People don't know it's the wider is just a much more favorable course for closers. Yeah, I'm 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 not a big fan of a mile and a sixteenth on the inner for stakes races. I wish we would I, I thought we were gonna stop doing it. It just may have been a tough situation with so many races um being on the grass, but I would have run this one and then run the last race. I don't know. Can we not run seven furlongs on the inner? Maybe we can't. No, can't run seven on the inner. So I guess maybe that's that's part of it. But um, yeah, you just you know you run the risk of uh, of becoming a turf sprint drag strip uh, in a way. Um, that last race actually is not probably. We were only going to talk about the stakes, but we can we can. Did you have a thought in the last race? We like both liked Queen of Lies last time out, and I thought she ran a pretty decent second. But is this? I don't like the race she's coming out of. I don't either. Um, 
I mean, I think the four is the worst to beat, obviously. Yeah. You, you know, she was in a weird spot last time. The five and six both had pedigree, so I thought they were a little interesting. Yeah, the, I thought the five's pedigree was interesting on the damn side. So kind of a fun race to cap the card. And a lot of these New York bred maiden races end up being very competitive and can yield some good prices. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I, I thought the last race might be kind of interesting. I was going to focus on four, five, and six. Well, Memorial Day is all about New York Showcase Day. And a big thank you to our friends at the New York Thoroughbred Breeders. Andy, big thank you to you. We'll uh, have another chat about this in a couple of months when we look at New York Bread Showcase Day. When I bother you, actually, I didn't, I didn't book you for that one. But uh, Travers Week to talk about New York bread races. There's nothing I wouldn't do for Naja Thompson. That's the man indeed. The guy who has made this all possible. Big thanks to Naj. Thanks again to Andy. Enjoy this Monday's racing. And be sure to take a look at my analysis for the card at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. Brandy Serling, Nick Tamaro. Until next time, best of luck.